Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hey everyone, I am Guile, I tweet at Door Podcast, and today I'm joined by Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin, you can find me at GD Harpo on Twitter. And today we're going to be covering Arya's ninth, which was kind of a shock to me that we had gone through that many chapters. Um, Arya's ninth chapter in A Clash of Kings. And we join up Arya in all of our favorite, one of our favorite places, which is um, the kitchens at Harrenhal. And she's hanging out with um, Hot Pie, who is making like what sound like butter tarts for Amory Lorch. And, you know, Arya's like, you know, I want a tart. And Hot Pie's like, no, you know, he needs a whole tray. Um, and then Arya hates her Amory. So she's like, Hey, let's spit on the tarts. And Hot Pie's like, no, he can, he'll tell and then he'll punish me. So, you know, Hot Pie's like doing what he loves, but he's terrified. And, you know, he, he also thinks that there's ghosts in Heron Hall. So, I mean, as much as he's doing what he loves, he's not like in a super happy place. Whereas, you know, Arya right now, compared to where she was when she was working for Weiss, actually seems like she's doing a little bit better. She works for this pink eye guy who basically drinks himself to sleep every night and then passes out. And so once he passes out, she kind of has free run of the castle. And, you know, she's thinking about, you know, Sirio said she should be comfortable in the dark and stuff. So she thinks of herself as she's the ghost in, in Harrenhal. And, you know, so she's basically exploring the castle. And um, as she's doing this, she hears a bunch of riders approaching and it's the bloody mummers coming back and they're bringing back a bunch of loot, which um, what was interesting is among the loot is a large black bear, which, you know, we will obviously meet in the future, um, you know, a bunch of food and then about a hundred <clears throat> prisoners that she recognizes as northerners. You know, she, she recognizes the, the various sigils and, um, you know, this gets Amory Lorch out of bed, which, you know, I would have gotten out of bed for the butter tarts, but that's me. And, um, Vargo Hote is bringing the prisoners in and um, Amory Lorch is right away like, okay, they're all going to the dungeons. And one of the prisoners is like, Hey, you promised us. And, and Vargo Hote shuts them up right away, which is, you know, crucial, but it also gives us some chance for some great Vargo Hote um, sentences, which um, we get the silence. <laughs> Captain Ruth Bolton about to cross the river. <laughs> oh, I hate Vargo Holt, but I love him. It um, reminds me so much of that. Is it uh, Monty Python and the Life of Brian? <laughs> like... Yeah, like I mean, obviously some of the, you know, some of the inspiration there. So, you know, basically the castle kind of comes alive as all these prisoners, um, or all these prisoners are coming in, but she kind of feels like she can't go back to her place because pink eye will know that she's missing. So she's kind of like, again, going around the castle and it's one of those castles. It's one of the passages that gives us a little bit more, again, of a glimpse into Harrenhal. And we get all these cool names like the hall of a hundred hearths, which 
how George does not have Vargo Hoth refer to that, I don't know. He has more discipline than I do. Um, and, you know, she talks about how when Lord Tywin was in charge, like, you couldn't go anywhere. Like, people were, you know, like, what are you doing here? Where are you going? Where are you supposed to be? Like, it was like Tywin obviously ran a tight ship. And, you know, Amory Lorch absolutely does not. So she has a lot more freedom. And she's had to have been doing this for a while because she's gotten really good at it. So like a few weeks or I mean, I guess yeah. as, as soon as she got the chance, she was out and about. And she goes to visit Gendry and tells him about these northern prisoners. And, you know, oh, we need to kill the guards and free them because there's so many of them that we can take over. the Like they could take over the castle and, you know, we can get back to Winterfell. And um Gendry kind of makes fun of her a little bit, like, oh, so we'll go to Winterfell and I'll just be, you know, your servant there. Great. And, you know, he's like, you know, this is fine with me. Like, you know, he doesn't really mind. He honestly kind of doesn't mind being there. He's like, you know, I'm an apprentice. Maybe I'll be a master armorer, you know, unless I do something stupid, which is what you're telling me to do. And, you know, she's like, well, next helm you make, make it have mule's ears in place of the bull's ears. And, you know, she's kind of pissed at him for not um, for not being as reckless as she wants to be. And so she goes off into the godswood and, you know, she she kind of has this. I thought this was a little bit interesting thought she has where she thinks about, like, Jacken's three deaths and how having those deaths has made her feel like she has some power and how she felt, you know, when they were in the village, when they were elsewhere, that she was a mouse and she was. You know, she was small and she doesn't have she doesn't feel that way anymore. And she actually, you know, she feels empowered. And then she thinks like, you know, she hasn't been um, she's been avoiding Jack and Agar since we died. And, you know, she thinks like, oh, my God, you know, he was in the black cells. Like, what did he do? Like, is he some like demon, basically? And, you know, she feels like this last death she gives him has to count. And I, you know, I think she's also avoiding him because she doesn't have an answer for him. So she goes to the godswood and she's hidden this handmade sword there, sword there. So she's doing a little bit of practice and um, Jacken sneaks up on her and he's basically like, um, she, you know, she kind of wants to know what happened with Weiss and he won't really tell her. And he reminds her that she has a third death and, you know, she kind of needs to like get on with it basically. And, you know, she wants, she's like, Hey, kill all the guards. And Jacken's like, you have one death, honey. Um, don't, you know, don't mock me. And, um, you know, she kind of asks for clarification. You know, you'll kill anyone. And um, he's like, you know, yeah. And I thought it was like the funny part was, um, you know, this, you know, he knelt beside her. So they're face to face. A girl whispers as if she fears to speak aloud. Whisper it now. Is it Joffrey? <laughs> he totally wants it to be Joffrey. It's almost too bad she doesn't say yes, Joffrey. And then so many people live. Well, it's so, you know, I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking about this earlier today. I'm like, well, what, what would have happened if she had said Joffrey? Like, you know, what would be different? And, wow. you know, <laughs> well, it's, you know, okay. Tyrion, you know, would, you know, depending on the way he died, maybe Tyrion wouldn't have been blamed for it. So you'd have Tommen with Tyrion as his hand, which would be interesting. But would the Tyrells be, you know, would the Tyrells be as interested in Tommen for Marjorie, just given how much younger he is? Like, 
know, would that be okay with them? And, you know, thinking about it, like, to me, the person that it screwed was actually Littlefinger. Like, yes. if Joffrey dies at this point, all of Littlefinger's plans are fucked because, like... Everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, everything is screwed because everything's set up for Tommen to actually be okay. Yeah, it, it would be a very different... I don't know that it would change prospects because it's not like Joffrey was, you know, capable of doing more than just being an asshole. So it's not like it's going to change necessarily Rob or Stannis's prospects. Right. However, the problem with Joffrey is he's this crazy wild card. I mean, that's why Ned gets killed the way Ned gets killed instead of discreetly on the road. Right. Because he just ups and does this shit. Well, and it takes Tyrion off the board, who's like a valuable resource for the Lannisters. So like, if they get to keep Tyrion, still get the Tyrells, and, you know, it's like, you know, Tyrion, then... You end up with some sort of peace faster... I mean, you still have the threat of what's happening in the North and the others and Danny, but like the internal kind of conflict gets resolved quicker because there might be like, okay, you know, if his position is solidified, they make overtures to Rob, they have like, here's, here's how this is all shaking out. Right. Like from Rob's perspective, Peace with Tommen is probably quite a bit easier than peace, although it may right because he's a little kid. It's, it's not someone who he can like. He's a little fat well, kid and, who yeah. you know. But like you know, he he knows Joffrey was responsible for Ned and Tywin or Tommen wasn't. But I mean, ultimately, of course, yes, it's peace with Tywin, which is not quite acceptable. Right, but like I thought too. But Tywin oh, hasn't like the the thing with Roose hasn't yet been like solidified and Walder yeah. Frey Rob hasn't run off and married uh what's her name so you know it, I think it it works out significantly yeah. better so it's it's kind of a shame it's, she didn't but then again those yeah two. it's literally better for everyone other than Littlefinger and and I guess Varys you know yeah. although Varys wanted a little bit more time so um so anyway you know instead of saying Joffrey Arya whispers um Jack and Hagar so she whispers his own name and, you know, he's pretty upset about this. You know, he's like, you're going to lose your only friend. And, you know, like, it seems like from Jacken's perspective, like this is legit. Like he's going to have to kill himself. Um, you know, he calls her an evil child. Um, you know, he's basically like, well, if I help you with the northerners, you know, maybe you'll name another name or unname me. And, you know, she's like, okay. Uh, you know, unsay my name and say another, and she won't. And then, um, he's kind of like, okay, I'll I'll help you. But it's like he has this a plan immediately, though. Like he tells her to go to the kitchen immediately. And, yeah, like like instantaneous idea. So tells her to go to the kitchens and say that the men are hungry and have to be fed and they have to make a broth. <laughs> my favorite thing is he goes, a girl must run to the kitchens and tell her pie boy. <laughs> also makes me want my own pie boy. Oh pie boy. <laughs> I would like some pie. Um anyway, so so the kitchens are pretty busy when she gets back because they, you know, they woke the cooks to feed Varga Holt and the bloody mummers. So they're taking off a whole bunch of food to them. And you know, she set, she announces that they need broth. And so she's helping, you know she's See, helping with the broth. Doesn't that seem like a little like Okay, that's of all the things you'd think they would want. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, you know, they, 
Okay. I mean, it's a lot. Like, they wake up Pia, and, you know, they say she has six baskets with cracks of butter and wedges of cheese. Um, you know, so, I mean, they're they're bringing it up. Um, so, you know, Roar, Borg is, like, anxious to get the broth, and the cook is like, well, it's not ready yet. You know, it's not thick enough. You know, it's going to be your fault if they... You know, if they if the lordship eats it and it's not, you know, it's too thin and, you know, they're like, F you. And they take this broiling hot broth and kettles and basically they throw it at the guards and scald, you know, distract and scald the guards that are guarding the northerners and kill them. Then, you know, free free the prisoners. You know, obviously something had been planned planned before this because like Robert Glover's like, you know, you can just picture him being all cool and calm like this soup was clever. I didn't expect that. That can't have been, you know, Vargo Hote's idea. Um, and, you know, they want to, you know, they don't know who Rorg and Biter are and stuff. So it's like clearly, you know, they they had had some deal cooked up with Vargo Hote. And um, Jack and Agar um, announces himself and Arya says she's Weasel. And, you know, they're like, whatever. Um, you know, Rebecca Glover kind of is like, okay, let's make an end to this business. And so then they take basically they take over the castle and um you know aria aria doesn't quite get what's going on and um you know jack and agar basically says you know vargo doesn't have any loyalty they're going to be raising the wolf banner and um he wants her to unsay his name and she does and then he says you know a man must die and so she's really confused about this and he changes his face and, you know, she is like, you know, totally shocked. But then immediately it was like, I would also like to do that. <laughs> As I feel like all of us would be. And, um, you know, he says, you know, if you want to learn how to do it, you have to come with me. And she says she can't. She has to go to Winterfell. And he says, you know, then we have to leave because I got to go and do my job. And he gives her a coin and tells her that if she's ever in Bravo, she should give the coin to any man and say, Valor Margolis, them. And he makes her repeat it a couple of times, which is, you know, it's interesting because it's like he under he's it's funny to me that he thinks there's a possibility that she's going to go to Bravos because unless you are omnipotent, you would think like, well, OK, you know, the Northerners have this castle. She's Arya Stark. She's probably going to you know be OK. Um, and maybe it's just he has a better he has a better understanding of all the players here, but um, you know, he, he seems like the fact that he makes her repeat it makes me feel like he thinks that um, she is, you know, she might actually go there. Does he have any like, like uh, for, you know, like second sight or whatever they're calling it? Like, does he have any of that? Do we know that? Maybe that would certainly make his job easier. Wouldn't it? Much easier, but not that I, not that I know of. But that's very interesting. But yeah, just the 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 way he acts like it's a real possibility just doesn't you know pings me a little bit. So, um, so basically, you know the the bloody mummers and you know and the northerners win, and Arya's like you know cleaning up dried blood, and you know she notices people looking at her because they obviously you know they're telling the story of what happened. Um, you know, what happened in the dungeon. And, you know, she's really, really uncomfortable with this. Um, and then uh, they, you know, then the new Lord basically, or the 
at the new Lord, but basically Bruce Bolton shows up and he's like, obviously going to be the dude in charge. And, um, you know, he wants to know how old she is. And, you know, there's weird questions. Like, are you fond? He asked her, are you fond of animals? Which was that like, was she supposed to say, you know, a wolf? Or, you know, is he looking for, like, her comfort level with leeches? Because he does specifically ask about how she feels about leeches. Um, so it was just, like, a weird, it's a you know, very a weird strange, question. It's a strange, strange interaction. <laughs> I thought it was just a lead up to the leeches. Like, let me just make sure she's, right. like, okay with animals first. And then I'll really get to what I'm talking about. And, you know, he, you know, they... Said, you know, he says, they tell me you're called Weasel. You know, what's your actual name? And she tells him Nemeria, Nan for short. Um, and, you know, he's, a, you know, he, he has his manners. You know, she tells her, you have to call me my lord. Um, you know, and wants to know if she's afraid of leeches, with Ar- which Arya isn't. And, you know, <laughs> says my squire could take a lesson from you. Um, talk, you know, kind of talks about the attributes of leeching as I feel like he definitely would and um, you know tells her that she's going to be his cupbearer and is going to you know going to serve me and tells them tell someone to go make her presentable and you know know make her make sure she can you know not spill the wine and um, they raise the wolf banner at Heron Hall and um, they take Sir Amory and they put him down in the bear pit and, um, you know, Arya gets to basically watch him die and fills up Bruce Bolton's cup and doesn't spill a drop. So, and, you know, Amory was actually naked in the bear pit. So at least Brienne got the hideous pink dress. Um, so it's, you know, a pretty, fairly, fairly eventful chapter with, um, you know, like we, we lose Jock and Hagar and gain Bruce Bolton, which seems like a fair trade to me. Were there any um, any question, any comments or questions on this chapter? I find him so hysterical. I mean, like part of me wonders if the reason he starts with the, I mean, it could be, he could be asking the animal question for a whole bunch of reasons. Like maybe he does recognize her. I don't know. But like part of me thinks that, He's so weird, and he knows how people see him, so he thinks he's going to break in with the do you like animal question, like as a way to sort of blend before hitting her with the leech question. Oh, so like he's just socially, like extraordinarily socially awkward, and like this is what he thinks he should ask children? Like, yes. Do you like animals? <laughs> I guess. Right? I don't know. It's just, yeah. he's such a freak. And it's so, you know, there's just, like, this chapter, it's so weird that there's a point where you're, like, forced to sort of root for Rorg and Biter, you know? Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it everything just happens so quickly. Um, like, when I first started the chapter, I was like, okay, I know what chapter this is. It's where they, the soup, throw it on them, all that, yada, yada. I was like, but I thought there was, like, a, like, a sleep time in between like they come up with the plan and then it's like happens the yep. next day i was no, not like, prepared for this I to mean, happen so quickly like jack and kind of screwed aria because like clearly this was already a plan yeah or there's you know they had some plan that they were considering yeah screwed her out of a name well or maybe yeah. he was 
apprised, uh, maybe he learned of the plan, wasn't necessarily planning on participating, and then was like, you know. Upset. I guess I can, like, you know. I guess I can use this to my advantage somehow. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he's been hanging out with Rorge and Fighter for a long time. <laughs> it yeah. can't have been fun for him. Uh, Yeah, it's just, you know, it's interesting when we see, you know, we've, I can't remember, yeah, Rorgan Biter, obviously, with Jamie and Brienne later, of course, why why am I, like, and Shagwell, like, at some point, all of them were riding with these northern lords and hatching up a plan together, (laughs) like, so, like, Fargo Holt has been on, I mean, he literally has been on every side side of this everybody's yeah. yeah everybody's side and he's such a it's not like he's some inconspicuous like it's not like he's Bruce Bolton who I feel like could get away with it like he's just the most like obvious overt person like you would never forget him and you know it doesn't seem like he should be able to switch sides this much and also everyone seems to know he's going to switch sides like, right it's not like yeah, it's but... a shock, like the whole thing later on with Walder Frey or whatever. It's like, no, this is like, you know, this is the guy you know is going to screw you over. So, yeah, let's let's get on with this business. The Northmen, they were just like, OK, let's let's finish this up. Like, this is just what happens when you when you when you're dealing with them. So this these... is how it goes. So, Robert, what happens to Robert Glover? I don't because Galbert is the one that is with Madge Mormont, right? That gets, went up into the neck. It doesn't because what happens is when Roos switches sides. Yeah, he gets imprisoned again, and I think he might even get. Is he there when Jamie comes back, and ends up in White Harbor? I maybe I am. I'm like frantically looking his, him up. I know Asha ends up having his wife and kids as hostages. Yeah. But yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, with the switch, he gets captured. And, like, he gets thrown. Because once Roos switches sides, because remember, he's, he dumps him in the, the the cells again, I think. Yeah. Oh, no. And okay, I'm I, reading. I know he ends up, he ends up, like, he's who takes um, Davos to meet um, Wyman. Like, he's who comes. Um, yes. Yeah. The secret okay. meeting there. Like, he ends up there. Yeah, right, so, so he must have gotten. Um, okay, I got it. I'm on the wiki. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> All right, so he gets sent. Okay, so he was part of the prisoner exchange yes. that I think Jamie Jamie facilitated. Or no, gets sent um, to du- yeah. or gets put on a ship at Duskendale when Martin uh, Lannister is handed over. So they do a, an exchange, and then okay. he ends up with the. Um, with the Manderleys, I think. Right? Yes. Yep, he ends up with the Manderleys, and then he he's he's the one that's been teaching Wex Pike to read and write. So that's how he knows about Skagos. And then um he says that he will join Stannis when Davos comes back with Rickon, and then his wife is supplying um, you know, his wife is actually supplying aid to Stannis. Well, obviously, since um, so, like, you know, Deepwood Mod is kind of all in on the Stannis train. Yeah. Um, I def- at this at I, this point. Yeah, and I definitely remember. Yeah, after Stannis defeats Asha, 
um, he returns the castle to the house. So they're, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he's like, you know, p- potentially a pretty prominent, you know, a pretty prominent Northern Lord. And then, yeah, his brother, his brother, nephew, I'm not sure the relationship is the one with Madge Mormont with um, Rob's will. So the Glovers are, you know, definitely a family that we're going to, um, we're going to see more of. Well, we're not. If, if again, there were additional books, we would see more of them. No, we are not. <laughs> I know. Uh, do we have any other, any questions, other questions on this chapter? Um, yes, we well from the mail. Yes. Um, so we have ancient octagon on Reddit. Um, do you have any thoughts on why Jacken seems to have some sort of hold over Rorge and Biter? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless it's sort of like, a well, we were all in like super max prison together. So, you know, like we are all afraid of each other. Like who knows? Or <laughs> well, it's just like the brains of the operation. I, clearly, I kind of feel like, like based on my my uh, not particularly deep knowledge of watching prison movies and stuff, but like I've seen a few, and he seems like the guy who freaks everybody out. So they even like the psychos are scared of him. Like yeah, I'm, that could be. I'm betting that's how he he's sort yes. of like. <laughs> maintain control as you said in their supermax prison which was what a cart for like days well they were the black yeah. cells the black so. cells and so i remember then, like a um like an idea someone had years ago was that same thing but that there were several of them in the black cells and some of those the others that were there um like tried to harm jack and come at him in some kind of way and he he didn't kill them but just they inexplicably just died after oh. after crossing Jack and I cannot remember where I saw that years ago. Okay. But it always stuck with me. Yeah, uh, and that's why Rorge and Biter are so scared of him. Or they've just seen him change faces. I was thinking like maybe he changed faces <laughs> and that like you know freaked him out. And they're just like, okay then, all right, <laughs> all right, okay, that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're with you. Any other questions? Um, yes, the uh, last uh, piece of mail question we have um, from Buckle on Discord. Um, why does Jacken blame Arya for the Mummer's switch? And I didn't really get where he blamed yeah. her for yeah. them switching when re- when reading the chapter. Um, I thought maybe I was missing something. Right, because I feel like, I mean, the way I read it is they obviously had something cooked up. Like the way that whole side, like makes the Northerners shut up right away. Like, hey shut up about anything we talked about wink wink you know like they you know he wants to keep it on the down low right so like clearly before they even arrived at heron hall they had something cooked up so um yeah i mean unless he's just doing it to her you know saying that for or i mean does he mean because she he she saved Rorg and fighter i don't you know i don't know i don't know we got nothing yeah, me either. <laughs> Sorry, Buck O'Hare. You always have good questions, so it's hard to have no answer for one of them. All right, well, with that, um, I'll end this chapter. But if you do have even you know good and or bad questions for us, we love to receive them and any other mail you have. You can reach us at closethedoorand at gmail.com. You can find us at Close the Door and Come Here on Tumblr. You can tweet us at Door Podcast. You can find us on the Jamie and Brienne subreddit on Reddit, obviously. 
Um, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Um, we are not on Spotify, I've learned. Um, Podbean, Stitcher, uh, other places you may listen to podcasts. And uh, join our Patreon. It's at patreon.com, close the door. And with that, I am closing the door. Get out. <laughs>